Section four of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christine G. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume six, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Five hundred and forty sixth night to five hundred and forty eighth night. When it was the five hundred and forty sixth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when Simba the seaman returned from his travel to Baghdad, the house of peace, he arrived at home with great store of diamonds and money and goods, continued he. I foregathered with my friends and relations, and gave alms and largesse, and bestowed curious gifts, and made presents to all my friends and companions. Then I betook myself to eating well, and drinking well, and wearing fine clothes, and making merry with my fellows, and forgot all my sufferings in the pleasure of return to the solace and delight of life, with light heart and broadened breast. And every one who heard of my return came and questioned me of my adventures, and of foreign countries, and I related to them all that had befallen me, and the much I had suffered, whereat they wondered, and gave me joy of my safe return. This, then, is the end of the story of my second voyage, and to-morrow, inshallah, I will tell you what befell me in my third voyage. The company marvelled at his story, and supped with him, after which he ordered an hundred dinars of gold to be given to the porter to be given to the porter, who took the sum with many thanks and blessings, which he stinted not even when he reached home, and went his way, wondering at what he had heard. Next morning, as soon as day came in its sheen and shone, he rose, and praying the dawn prayer, repaired to the house of Simba the seaman, even as he had bidden him, and went in and gave him good morrow. The merchant welcomed him, and made him sit with him, till the rest of the company arrived, and when they had well eaten and drunken, and were merry with joy and jollity, their host began by saying, Hearken, O my brothers, to what I am about to tell you, for it is even more wondrous than what you have already heard. But Allah alone kenneth what things his omniscience concealed from man, and listen to the third voyage of Simbad the seaman. As I told you yesterday, I returned from my second voyage overjoyed at my safety, and with great increase of wealth, Allah having required me all that I had wasted and lost, and I abode a while in Baghdad city, savouring the utmost ease and prosperity and comfort and happiness, till the carnal man was once more seized with longing for travel, and diversion, and adventure, and yearned after traffic and lucre and emolument, for that the human heart is nature prone to evil. So making up my mind, I laid in great plenty of goods suitable for a sea voyage, and repairing to Bassorah, went down to the shore and found there a fine ship ready to sail, with a full crew and a numerous company of merchants, men of worth and subsistence, faith, piety, and consideration. I embarked with them, and we set sail on the blessing of Allah Almighty, and on his aidance and his favour, to bring our voyage to a safe and prosperous issue, and already we congratulated one another on our good fortune and boon voyage. 
we fared on from sea to sea and from island to island and city to city in all delight and contentment buying and selling wherever we touched and taking our solace and our pleasure till one day when as we sailed athwart the dashing sea swollen with clashing billows behold the master who stood on the gunwale examining the ocean in all directions cried out with a great cry and buffeted his face and plucked out his beard and rent his raiment and bade furl the sail and cast the anchors so he said to him o oh, race what is the matter know o oh, my brethren allah preserve you that the wind hath gotten the better of us and hath driven us out of our course into mid-ocean and destiny for our ill-luck hath brought us to the mountain of the sugb a hairy folk like apes among whom no man ever fell and came forth alive and my heart presageth that we all be dead men hardly had the master made an end of his speech when the apes were upon us they surrounded the ship on all sides swarming like locusts and crowding the shore they were the most frightful of wild creatures covered with black hair like felt foul of favour and small of stature being but four spans high yellow-eyed and black-faced none knoweth their language nor what they are and they shun the company of men we feared to slay them or strike them or drive them away because of their inconceivable multitude lest if we hurt one the rest fall on us and slay us for numbers prevail over courage so we let them do their will albeit we fear they would plunder our goods and gear they swarmed up on the cables and gnawed them asunder and on likewise they did with all the ropes of the ship so that it fell from the wind and stranded upon their mountainous coast then they laid hands on all the merchants and crew and landing us on the island made off with the ship and its cargo and went their ways we wot not whither we were thus left on the island eating of its fruits and pot-herbs and drinking of its streams till one day we espied in its midst what seemed an inhabited house so we made for it as fast as our feet could carry us and behold it was a castle strong and tall compassed about with a lofty wall and having a two-leaved gate of ebony wood both of which leaves open stood we entered and found within a space wide and bare like a great square round which stood many high doors open thrown and at the farther end a long bench of stone and brassiers with cooking-gear hanging thereon and about it great plenty of bones but we saw no one and marvelled thereat with exceeding wonder then we sat down in the courtyard a little while and presently falling asleep slept from the forenoon till sundown when lo the earth trembled under our feet and the air rumbled with a terrible tone then there came upon us from the top of the castle a huge creature in likeness of a man black of colour tall and big of bulk as he were a great date-tree with eyes like coals of fire and eye-teeth like boar's tusk and a vast big gape like the mouth of a well moreover he had a long loose lips like camels hanging down upon his breast and ears like two jams falling over his shoulder-blades and the nails of his hands were like claws of a lion's when we saw this frightful giant we were like to faint and every moment increased our fear and terror and we became as dead men for excess of horror and affright 
and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and forty-seventh night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Simba the seaman continued. When we saw this frightful giant, we were struck with exceeding terror and horror, and after trampling upon the earth, he sat a while on the bench. Then he arose, and coming to us, seized me by the arm, choosing me out from among my comrades, the merchants. He took me up in his hand, and turning me over, felt me, as a butcher feeleth a sheep he is about to slaughter, and I but a little mouthful in his hands. But finding me lean and fleshless, for the stress of toil and trouble and weariness, let me go, and took up another, whom in like manner he turned over, and felt, and let go. Nor did he cease to feel, and turn over the rest of us, one after another, till he came to the master of the ship. Now he was a sturdy, stout, broad-shouldered white, fat and in full vigour, so he pleased the giant, who seized him as a butcher seizes a beast, and throwing him down, set his foot on his neck, and brake it, after which he fetched a long spit, and thrusting it up his backside, brought it forth of the crown of his head. Then, lighting a fierce fire, he set it over the spit with the rays thereon, and turned it over the coals, till the flesh was roasted, when he took the spit off the fire, and set it like a kabob-stick before him. Then he teared the body, limb from limb, as one joineth a chicken, and rendering the flesh with his nails, fell to eating of it, and gnawing the bones, till there was nothing left but some of these, which he threw on one side of the wall. This done, he sat for a while, then he lay down on the stone bench, and fell asleep, snarking and snoring like the gurgling of a lamb or a cow with its throat cut. Nor did he awake till morning, when he rose, and fared forth, and went his ways. As soon as we were certified that he was gone, we began to talk with one another, weeping and bemoaning ourselves for the risk we ran, and saying, Would heaven we had been drowned in the sea, or that the apes had eaten us! That were better than to be roasted over the coals. By Allah, this is a vile, foul death. But whatso the Lord willeth must come to pass. And there is no majesty, and there is no might, save in him, the glorious, the great. We shall assuredly perish miserably, and none will know of us, and there is no escape for us from this place. Then we arose, and roamed about the island, hoping that haply we might find a place to hide us in, or a means of flight, for indeed death was a light matter to us, provided we were not roasted over the fire, and eaten. However, we could not find no hiding-place, and the evening overtook us, so, of the excess of our terror, we returned to the castle and sat down a while. Presently the earth trembled under our feet, and the black ogre came up to us, and turning us over, felt one after another, till a fan amount of his liking, whom he took and served as he had done the captain killing and roasting and eating him, after which he lay down on the bench, and slept all night, snarking and snoring like a beast with its throat cut, till daybreak, when he arose and went out as before. Then we drew together and conversed and said one to another, By Allah, we had better throw ourselves into the sea, and be drowned than die roasted, for this is an abominable death. Quote one of us, Hear ye my words, 
let us cast about to kill him, and be at peace from the grief of him, and rid the Moslems of his barbarity and tyranny. Then said I, Hear me, O my brothers, if there is nothing for it but to slay him, let us carry some of this firewood and planks down to the seashore, and make us a boat wherein, if we succeed in slaughtering him, we may either embark and let the waters carry us whither Allah willeth, or else abide it here till some ship pass, when we will take passage in it. If we fail to kill him, we will embark on the boat and put out to sea, and if we be drowned, we shall at least escape being roasted over a kitchen fire with sliced veasons. Whilst, if we escape, we escape, and if we be drowned, we die martyrs. By Allah, said they all, this reed is a right, and we agreed upon this, and set about carrying it out. So we hailed down to the beach the pieces of wood which lay about the bench, and, making a boat, moored it to the strand, after which we stowed therein somewhat of victual, and returned to the castle. As soon as evening fell, the earth trembled under our feet, and in came the blackamoor upon us, snarling like a dog about to bite. He came up to us, and feeling us, and turning us over one by one, took one of us, and did with him as he had done before, and ate him, after which he lay down on the bench, and snored and snorted like thunder. As soon as we were assured that he slept, we arose, and taking two iron spits of those standing there, heated them in the fiercest of the fire, till they were red-hot, like burning coals, when we gripped fast hold of them, and going up to the giant, as he lay snoring on the bench, thrust them into his eyes, and pressed up on them, all of us, with our united might, so that his eyeballs burst, and he became stone-blind. Thereupon he cried with a great cry, whereat our hearts trembled, and springing up from the bench, he fell a groping after us, blindfold. We fled from him right and left, and he saw us not, for his sight was altogether blent. But we were in terrible fear of him, and made sure we were dead men despairing of escape. Then he found the door, feeling for it with his hands, and went out roaring aloud, and behold, the earth shook under us, for the noise of his roaring, and we quaked for fear. As he quitted the castle we followed him, and betook ourselves to the place where we had moored our boat, saying to one another, If this accursed abide absent till the going down of the sun, and come not to the castle, we shall know that he is dead, and if he come back, we will embark in the boat and paddle till we escape, committing our affair to Allah. But, as we spoke, behold, up came the blackamoor with other two as they were gulls, fouler and more frightful than he, with eyes like red-hot coals, which when we saw, we hurried into the boat, and casting off the moorings, paddled away, and pushed out to sea. As soon as the ogres caught sight of us, they cried out at us, and running down to the seashore, fell a-pelting us with rocks, whereof some fell among us, and others fell into the sea. We paddled with all our might till we were beyond their reach, but the most part of us were slain by the rock-throwing, and the winds and waves sported with us and carried us into the midst of the dashing sea, swollen with billows clashing. We knew not whither we went, and my fellows died one after another, till there remained but three, myself and two others. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. 
When it was the five hundred and forty-eighth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Simba the seaman thus continued, Most part of us were slain by the rock-throwing, and only three of us remained on board the boat, for, as often as one died, we threw him into the sea. We were sore exhausted for stress and hunger, but we took courage and heartened one another, and worked for dear life, and paddled with main and might, till the winds cast us upon an island, as we were dead men for fatigue and fear and famine. We landed on the island, and walked about it for a while, finding that it abounded in trees and streams and birds, and we ate of the fruits, and rejoiced in our escape from the black and our deliverance from the perils of the sea, and thus we did till nightfall, when we lay down and fell asleep for excess of fatigue. But we had hardly closed our eyes before we were aroused by a hissing sound like the sort of wind, and awakening saw a serpent like a dragon, a seld-seen sight of monstrous make and belly of enormous bulk which lay in circle round us. Presently it reared its head and, seizing one of my companions, swallowed him up to his shoulders. Then it gulped down the rest of him, and we heard his ribs crack in its belly. Presently it went its way, and we abode in sore amazement and grief for our comrade, and mortal fear for ourselves, saying, By Allah, this is a marvellous thing! Each kind of death that threatens us is more terrible than the last. We were rejoicing in our escape from the black ogre, and our deliverance from the perils of the sea. But now we have fallen into that which is worse. There is no majesty, and there is no might save in Allah. By the Almighty we have escaped from the blackamoor, and from drowning, but how shall we escape from this abominable and viperish monster? Then we walked about the island, eating of its fruits and drinking of its streams till dusk, when we climbed up into a high tree and went to sleep there, I being the topmost boat. As soon as it was dark night, up came the serpent, looking right and left, and, making for the tree whereon we were, climbed up to my comrade and swallowed him down to his shoulders. Then it coiled about the bowl with him, whilst I, who could not take my eyes off the sight, heard his bones crack in its belly, and it swallowed him whole, after which it slid down from the tree. When the day broke and the light showed me that the serpent was gone, I came down, as I were a dead man for stress of fear and anguish, and thought to cast myself into the sea, and be at rest from the woes of the world, but could not bring myself to this, for verily life is dear. So I took five pieces of wood, broad and long, and bound one crosswise to the soles of my feet, and others in like fashion on my right and left sides, and over my breast, and the broadest and largest abound across my head, and made them fast with ropes. Then I lay down on the ground on my back, so that I was completely fenced in by the pieces of wood, which enclosed me like a buyer. So as soon as it was dark, up came the serpent, as usual, and made towards me, but could not get at me to swallow me for the wood that fenced me in. So it wriggled round me on every side, whilst I looked on, like one dead by reason of my terror, and every now and then it would glide away and come back. But as often as it tried to come at me, it was hindered by the pieces of wood wherewith I had bound myself on every side. It ceased not to beset me thus from sundown to dawn, but when the light of day shone upon the beast it made off, 
in the utmost fury and extreme disappointment. Then I put out my hand and unbound myself, well nigh down among the dead men for fear and suffering, and went down to the island shore, where the ship afar off in the midst of the waves suddenly struck my sight. So I tore off a great branch of a tree, and made signs with it to the crew, shouting out the while, which when the ship's company saw they said to another, We must stand in and see what this is, peradventure tis a man. So they made for the island, and presently heard my cries, whereupon they took me on board and questioned me of my case. I told them all my adventures, from first to last, whereat they marvelled mightily and covered my shame with some of their clothes. Moreover, they set before me somewhat of food, and I ate my fill, and I drank cold sweet water, and was mightily refreshed, and Allah Almighty quickened me after I was virtually dead. So I praised the Most Highest and thanked Him for His favours and exceeding mercies, and my heart revived in me after utter despair, till me seemed as if all I had suffered were but a dream I had dreamed. We sailed on with a fair wind Almighty sent us, till we came to an island called Al Salahita, with boundeth in sandal wood when the captain cast anchor. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section four. Recording by Christine G. in Oslo, Norway. The eleventh of December, two thousand and eleven.